Welcome to Silly Point, your green top equivalent of cricket podcast. I'm Brendan Cummins and joined, uh, like always, by Michael Bate. How you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. How you doing, Brendo? I'm very well. And Reese Meekins, how are you going? Mate, I'm pumped. What are you pumped for? I am so pumped. Huge announcement today from the ICC and Cricket Australia that Australia is going to be hosting the uh, next instalment of the world T uh, twenties in twenty twenty. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. Which means here in Western Australia, we'll get the Super Twelve stage of the men's and some group stage of the women's uh, in the third best twenty twenty tournament in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to see the elite who are not professionally playing IPL and BBL <laughs> to represent their countries. It's going to be amazing. So, so go into that a little in a little bit more detail. So I, I've, I sort of, it was a passing headline. I didn't get into it today. Um, do you want to explain a little bit more, maybe with the, the given that we're going to go into some potential stadium review, uh, what it means for Perth and the world-class Optus Stadium. Oh, it's a boon, a boon for <laughs> Perth to be hosting the, I don't even know what the Super 12s is. I assume yeah. it's a group stage and then you narrow to Super 12s. So that would be every team in the competition. <laughs> right? I, think, I, think <laughs> no, I mean, that's what threw me when you said that. Yeah. Is, is, does that mean we're playing a game every day for 12 days and then they start to go elsewhere or something? I think there might actually be 16. So you're going to be pretty <laughs> unlucky not to make the cut. Uh, I think there's 10 uh, women's teams and 16 or 14 or 16 men's teams. Must be 16 if they narrow it to the yeah. Super 12. What's the, <laughs> it's like the Super 2 and the sort of mediocre. Does the 2020 10. World Cup follow the same format as the ICC Champions Trophy where it's like a round robin and then the highest place teams go through or something? No one knows. No one's ever, <laughs> no one's ever watched it. <laughs> I just They had a huge announcement today from Optus Stadium <laughs> they were sort of painting it as stadium management and the government as this huge boon for this stadium that we've just opened on the weekend. It's one of eight capital city, or eight cities, sorry, in Australia that are hosting this tournament. Canberra <laughs> is, is getting some games. I think Geelong's getting a few games. Oh. That, might, that might be the women's tournament as well. I'm not sure, but Geelong's definitely in there. So we're right up there. Optus Stadium, the 60,000 seat, 1.5-ish billion dollar jewel in the crown of yep. Western Australia is right up there with Skilled Stadium down at Cardinia Park <laughs> and Monica, which holds Ma about, about, oh, about 15 people. In a, <laughs> I assume that's where they get the honey from. It's 15 people and an apiary out the back. <laughs> so it was a sellout. It was a sellout on Sunday. Supposedly a sellout. 60,000 seats. 55,000 50, 50, seats in cricket, cricket format. Oh, okay. Yeah, you lose a bit. Block out all the, all the seats oh, behind okay, the ball so as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So Mark Nicholas lied to me that whole time during during the summer saying it was 60,000 people going. I Mark can't imagine Mark to. Nicholas would ever exaggerate. Or <laughs> 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 so do you want to, we had the, the series now wrapped up uh, and we've got two matches to get through. Do you want to go through them in chronological order or do you want to... Uh, I think maybe we should go in chronological order. So we had the... The, <laughs> the one Australia one. One, yeah. <laughs> um, and then follow it up with the 
the the final game. And I'm, I'm sure everybody who's listening knows the result. But Whoa. an interesting start to the Australia Day game in that England were five for eight, what, five overs in or something. Yeah. Um, How and, did that even happen? Yeah. I, uh, I was a bit late tuning in and all of a sudden it was kind of done. And then thought, I don't need to watch this. And then (laughs) Chris Wokes came along. It was just some great bowling from Hazelwood and Cummins. They bowled incredibly well for six overs. Um, And then, so, yeah, we there was this feeling early on that potentially England were going to get rolled for 35. And I think at the time that that five for eight, it was Ali and Butler. I think Butler was the fifth. Yeah, okay. So it would have been Owen Morgan and yeah. Moan Ali. Yeah. So they sort of battered away for, I feel like, tenish overs and just sort of steadied the the rot. And then it sort of, the game was sort of felt like it was going nowhere and then all of a sudden it was, you know, England had scrambled to 200 and potentially going to make a game of it. But then it sort of just fizzled out the way. Australia sort of came out and tried to slog quick and get it over as done as, like, get it done as quickly as possible. And Yeah, Australia did make hard work of it, that's for sure. Mm. It probably wasn't the most interesting one day to watch. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, it, it did for a while kind of feel like Australia were finding a way to lose, as they've done all series. <laughs> like whether we bat first or bat yeah. second, we'll find a way to lose <laughs> yeah. this. Don't you worry. We'll, we'll get five down for eight, but we'll, we'll give this a red-hot go. <laughs> um, so that one sort of came and went with no... It, it was sort of inevitable once the series was wrapped up that Australia were going to win that one. And aside from... Cummins and Hazelwood, there wasn't really much to really write home about for the rest of it. Travi Head got 96. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Travi Head. Looks very ordinary early on, though. Mm. He he battled for a long time early on. um, And without the century to his name, an opportunity gone begging, you might say. Well, look, all I'm going to say is Aaron Finch wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Finch would have played, scored 100, and Australia would, would have, have lost, lost that game. Yeah. So Australia up to this have... point, that that proposition, prediction of Aaron Finch being the, the linchpin <laughs> in Australia's <laughs> losses um, was true. Was true yeah. at that point, point in, in time. time. Yeah. But big Travi head is... Um, it's a happy hunting ground down there at Adelaide Oval on Australia Day because he has made the third most runs, or it might be the fourth, of any Australian male um, player in the one-day international format on Australia Day. Um, but the others ahead of him have taken five or six innings to do it, and he's done it in two. So he just kind of loves getting down there and batting. Um, and I don't think we necessarily learnt a lot about him and his place in that side, that he's come back to a ground with which he's very familiar. Um, he's managed to make some runs, you know, not really a hell of a lot of pressure when you're chasing a relatively low total. Um, so there's a really funny sort of game as to what do you take away from that for Australia. They struggled a little bit. Some of the key players didn't really do that well. A guy who just got dropped came back in the side and did all right, but did he really make a meaningful impact? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know what you take away from it. I mean, that's sort of the feeling a lot for the whole series for Australia is that there was, there's been some people that have performed reasonably well in Finch and Stoinis and Head at times, but there definitely isn't any balance. Mm. Um, no, he plays for the other guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Um, and 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 certainly going to be some questions asked over the next couple of tours in, in where they're going to head to towards the, yeah, the World Cup. Yeah, I would be surprised to see a totally different squad going mm. to England to play the ODIs over there. So. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is you compare that with England and they found themselves in a horrendous position and Chris Wokes, you know, batting at number 14 or something has come <laughs> out and made 70-odd. Um, compare that with Australia in the fifth ODI and probably preempting that a little bit. But that England tail um, is very, very short when they have Wokes in there and it'll get even shorter when Stokes comes back, presumably at the expense of maybe Alex Hales in that setup. Um, depends on obviously on where they go with the two spinners. Um, but yeah, I suppose maybe Ali or Hales has to make way for Stokes. Uh, I can't really think who else you would drop out of that. Yeah, dropping Hales, who would you be batting at three? Because I don't think they're keen to put Root there. Maybe Morgan at three? Or, or, or even Besto. Well, they're yeah. opening with Besto. Oh, so, yeah. I'm just trying to think where you could boot. Can you move Maybe. Butler up? Yeah, probably. Butler can probably bat anywhere. Has Butler opened I think before? the strength in that one-day side of England is the fact that they've stacked it full of all-rounders, mm. Butler being included, and, mm. and these guys that sort of have dual roles that, that are performing very well in that format. Mm. I think if you start to put someone like Butler in a position like three, mm. all of a sudden they, they probably don't look quite as damaging as is what they are when Butler bats at seven. Yeah, that's a good point. Or six. Because I was even thinking, do you open with Stokes and put Bairstow at three? But with Stokes and Roy, it's probably a little bit much at the top of the order. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if... Again, Stokes is one of those guys where he's batting at five. Mm. Super happy to have him there, knowing that there's... More often than not, there's going to be a few runs on the board and you can you can cop the 60 that he's going to score off nothing mm. and it's super aggressive. Have that at three when mm. you're one for none. Yeah. It, it, it sort of it opens you up a little bit a little bit more. So I don't know whether they will necessarily go with something like that. And getting Stokes back into that lineup might take a little bit more work than what everybody's expecting. We've got to remember that he's gone out and done something ridiculously stupid and they probably don't want to rush him back into the setup. It sends a bad message for everybody else, mm. especially when they're performing relatively well. So I think they're going to have to wait till, um, till they hit a lean trot and then they might be able to bring him back into that. See, I think they're going to rush him straight back. In. Straight back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. today we've had the, the I've updated the ICC 2020 and ODI player rankings, and Chris oh, Wokes yeah. is uh, the fifth ranked all rounder in the world. 
Wow. ODI. So um, followed by uh, and Ben Stokes is below that and then Mo and Ali. So wow. they, they're going to have a, some issues fitting those guys all in the same team. Yeah, they've got a bit going on. So who's who rounds out that top five? The top five. Let me see. We, I, I hate to put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to? I want to. I want to. You don't uh, want to read it, do you? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Is this a thing? Is this a reliable source? Well, I I'm, feel not, like... I'm not reading it. I make too many wild predictions on this. I can't read that, even if it's fact. Uh, Shakib Al Hassan, yeah, from Bangladesh, number one ranked. Muhammad Hafiz from Pakistan. Muhammad Nabi from Afghanistan, number three, and Angelo Matthews from Sri Lanka is number four. Wow! So I feel like those guys are getting a lot of opportunity in those sides um, yep. to bat and bowl. And I mean, I think Shakib is. Bangladesh's star player yeah, with yeah. both bat and ball, basically. Yeah, so, so um, the how? more opportunity you get, the the more likely you are to move up in the power rankings, I guess. And presumably, playing for Afghanistan, you're getting some plum ODIs against <laughs> yeah. powerhouses like Holland <laughs> and Ireland. Can I but, just point out that James Faulkner still sits at number yeah, 10? I mean, this is, <laughs> so, there's not that many all-rounders out there. Yeah. And, and, this, and, and it's, it's often the problem with the, the way the ICC rankings. You'll probably find that Mike Hussey is still floating around in the top 100 test players, <laughs> test batsmen. Um, they do move pretty slowly, but... Um, yeah, they came out today. It sort of seemed like, oh, yes, they potentially. It seemed like one of those articles that Cricket Australia sort of went, everything's okay. Hazelwood and Stark are still in the top 10 ODI bowlers in the world. And uh, I think Warner and Max, no, Warner was in the ODI batsman. We had no all-rounder. Well, we have... No, no, Michael, Michael Bevan's coming at 19. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Glenn Maxwell is third in the 2020 all-rounder rankings or something. So a bit of nonsense, but it sort of was one of those, let's, it's not as bad as what everybody thinks. It is as bad as what it everybody really is. So. <laughs> so it comes along to Sunday, Australia again, got, got off to a, a pretty poor start in the power play against mm. England. Um, yeah, England were flying. They looked, I mean, there was a projection on the on the big screen, one of the biggest screens in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> I could see it very clearly from my comfortable seat. Uh, that was predicting they'd score three ninety if they kept. I mean, if they kept going, yeah. at whatever ridiculous rate they were going at, mm. but they were certainly on track for three fifty. I think at the end of that, the ten over power play, they were close to close to none for a hundred. So that there was a moment in time where it wasn't. You could have you could have seen them potentially scoring four fifty or something. Mm. So Australia, um, some good work by Zampa and Ty to to rein it in and Mitchell Marsh. Mm. Sort of some of the lesser known, more unlikely bowlers did well to to pull in the run rate and sort of and really kind of bowl England out for what you thought was probably forty or fifty runs short of 
where they potentially could have been. Mm. Although, in fairness, at that stage, no one had chased down a score in excess of 250 <laughs> at Optus Stadium. Yeah, yeah they, so, did, you know. they, they were 260 above par, I think. Yep. So. And, <laughs> and look, people were saying that at the innings break and look what ended up happening. No yeah. one has chased down a score in excess of 260 at, or 250 at Optus Stadium. Yeah, so interestingly, a couple of stats that, come to mind after that game both Cullen and AJ Ty average five wicket holes there yep that's um, one of uh, I'll have to try and have to try and find that stat there's a there's a good stat on uh on number of bowlers getting a five wicket haul in the first one day international at a venue and it's happened once a few times but doesn't happen twice very often come might on be the only time <laughs> get Rick on the phone um, so that, that game again, <clears throat> Australia got off to a, a – Warner really looks out of sorts and um, – Yeah, he needs a break or he needs something. And Smith as well, interestingly, getting stumped off a – was it off a no ball and then being called back or uh, – No, he was – he was, he was still in. in. By he was still in. Yeah. Yep. He was in by sort of the shadow. That and then and then ended up getting it, getting getting out stumped as well, which is sort of unusual for him. So a couple of Australia's key players not really turning around a pretty lean summer of one day cricket, um, and it sort of went a bit downhill from there. But uh, there, there was a moment where you felt like Australia could win. Um, but once Maxwell was out, it sort of had this air of ine- inevitability that Australia were going to fall agonisingly short. And it got agonising in the end. Yeah. Tim Payne really, really played with us there, toyed with us. Because <laughs> he looked so in control and seemed, you know, the crowd was sitting there watching that run rate get above six per over and just thinking it's not possible now. You've got Hazelwood up the other end. It's just not going to happen. Sections of the crowd, I believe, unfairly booing him for not taking singles and subjecting Hazelwood to an outrageous display of swing bowling from Curran. And you just thought this guy is doing everything right. He's totally in control of this match and is somehow going to pull off a miracle and then gets bowled. He looked like an Australian MS Dhoni for a while there. He really did. The, the <laughs> way he, really, he, was, he really uh, did. It was so awful to watch because five overs earlier, just went, nah, this game's done, done and dusted. Yeah. It will peter out to an inevitable all-out with two, two-and-a-half overs to go. And then with two-and-a-half overs to go, you thought, you know what? This is game on and Tim Payne's going to deliver us victory. So a pretty dismal scorecard going through it. Warner, 15, Head, 22, Stoinis, the only shining light, really, Smith, 12, Mitchell Marsh, 13, although got out to an absolute Oof. blinder from Ali. Ali. Um, yeah, that was an amazing catch. Yeah. I think in the stadium, nobody was quite sure what had actually happened. I thought, it I thought Mitchell Marsh had killed the umpire. Yeah, because yeah. the umpire went flying so, yeah. and Harley didn't really react and then he just sort of popped up with the ball in hand yeah. and threw it away. 
Yeah, like nothing had happened. That expression on his face just said it all. Yeah. And you could see him still clutching the ball in Between the fingers. Two fingertips, <laughs> basically. This is bullshit. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> Maxwell, 34. Payne, 34. We've spoken about it. Mitchell Stark, Duck. Ty, 8. And Zampa, 11. And I, I felt that when Ty and Zampa came out, they, they brought some energy mm. to the middle and they really sort of got the pressure off Payne a little bit and gave him a few more balls to yeah. to start to see it. But, yeah, look, if, if, if question marks over Mitchell Stark, especially his batting. He seems to have lost whatever mm. form he had with the bat. Um, really hasn't done much all summer, even in the test matches. I don't think he scored too, too many. No. Um, and even then, uh, he doesn't actually average that much in one day cricket either. So there's been, there's always so much talk. Every time he makes 25 or 30 runs, yeah, the Channel 9 commentary team wheel out the fact that he used to open the bat for, you know, the <laughs> he under, under nines or something. He used to keep wicket, but you yeah. wouldn't put it behind the stumps <laughs> now, would you? Uh, but yeah, he, I can't recall what his ODI average is, but it is, it's actually not great. Um, Zampa, Zampa batted quite well. There's a couple of agricultural shots in there, yeah. but he he did his job. AJ Ty has only been in the ODI set up for a hot minute, but that tail was very, very long. Mm. And as you say, Brendan, with Stark coming in there, not in a hell of a lot of form, and you compare that with, yeah, if Chris Wokes had been playing, those two guys bat in the same position, yeah. and that's chalk and cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I'm just looking at this batting lineup for that Sunday game, and we spoke earlier about the balance of England's side potentially not not being right if Stokes comes back into it. But you, you have a look at what this this Warner opening batsman Travis Head all rounder, mm. Stoinis all rounder, mm. Smith Smith, Marsh all rounder, mm. Maxwell all rounder, Payne keeper batsman. And then you're into the bowlers. Yeah. Yep. So there, there is a, a definite balance issue in yeah. that batting lineup. There's, yeah. there's too many all rounders. Yeah. And none of them particularly excel at either, at either thing, I guess. You know, like you'd say Ali's a, is a bowling all rounder, but he's a very good batsman as well. Mm. Stokes is a genuine all rounder. Works is a bowling all rounder, but a very good batsman. Australia seem to have Stoinis is a batting all rounder. Don't know how great his bowling is. He can bowl quick, but yeah, it's it's not it's not as good as what Stokes is. You know, yeah. mm. so the there's too many sort of bits and pieces, quote unquote, all rounders that aren't aren't quite good enough to do both jobs. Mm. Or you know, should should there be more? out and out batsmen in that team and more out and out bowlers and it sort of it got a little bit worse once Finch left because we lost Finch a batsman yep and brought in an all-rounder to replace him so I don't know whether it's the fact that we don't have out and out batsmen rocking around in the whatever the one day pure Blah, 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 whatever we, the one day we, we, is, is it JLT now? It's I think JLT everything's cup. JLT. So like all the they are everywhere. JLT. <laughs> yeah. So it's good because the JLT Cup is coming up soon that they will be able to practice their one day batting in. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> by getting the is yeah. this the wrong yeah, yeah we're on the that I'm thinking yeah yeah, yeah that's, but it's the T20X tournament yeah. <laughs> right oh, my hands just exploded <laughs> yeah so was, some, that a, was that was that a quick shout out to Handy Point oh maybe no, I think it was a bit of it was it was just a bit of a silly handy crossover. Yeah, that's, we should do that sometime. <laughs> Shout out to Handy Point. Yeah. Um, that's back for the new AFL season. Yeah, so get on if you're into your AFL. Uh, look up Handy Point, the sister AFL podcast of Silly Point. What Find about AFLX? So I'm really into AFLX. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, we'll cover it. We'll cover it. Um, so please, please don't. <laughs> we'll, give it, we'll give it the airtime it deserves. All right, nice cross-promotion, yeah. lads. Let's get that to... <laughs> so, yeah, some, some big issues and it doesn't... There's not any... It, it sort of feels like Australia in their one-day tournament are where England... In their one-day team are where England are with their test side. There's no mm. clear alternative to just sort of fix the problem. Um, is George, you say that, but what about someone like George Bailey? Um, and yeah, he's not necessarily setting the world on fire at the moment, but we've only got limited time in, in the BBL to judge that on. But I kind of feel like they're missing a guy like that who's got a bit of explosive power, a la, you know, a Stoinis or a Mitch Marsh, but can also bat sensibly and control the innings in those middle overs a little bit better yeah um and it's probably a little bit cliched but is that is that what's really missing like a guy at number five or six like a bailey or a you know you you hark back to a michael bevan type character does bailey if he come into that if he comes into that setup does he bat at five or i I feel like he has to bat at three yeah and that's probably why it's not a I, i i i think that Bailey is probably what the side is missing, but not for the batting ability. I think for the experience, I feel like they're lis- they're missing some leadership amongst that, that mm. side. Um, and, and he was, a, he was among the, the side when it was really good. There might be a little bit of a, just bring back some of that energy from then. Um, he, he was sort of the, uh, I don't know how to put it. Um, I guess helping Steve Smith with the captaincy when Steve Smith was yeah. was for, first became the one day captain, and maybe he needs a bit bit of that guidance. So there's probably a few issues with that. If 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 George Bailey comes back into that side, it sort of seems like a bit of a step backwards, yep. mm. and it also sort of seems like, hey Smithy, you're not going to lose the captaincy, but here's his big brother, <laughs> yeah. or here's here's your hold uncle. your hand and make yeah, sure you make yeah. the right. He, I also just, want to say point out that. There's only one yellow floppy hat per Australian ODI team, <laughs> and AJ Tai is currently filling that position. So, sorry, George. Yeah, I I would be very. I I think it's a very reasonable suggestion. I've I came to that conclusion myself at the end of the game on Sunday, but I don't think it's realistically going to happen. Mm. And I, it's, yeah. I think that's a bit of the Cameron White selection. Yeah, it was maybe meant to be that player, but. A bit, and potentially a little bit more of a, a little bit more longevity in Cameron White than than what there would be with George Bailey. But. Yeah, but I suppose that's that question now: is where does that side go? So yeah. yeah, about a year and a half away from a World Cup, 
yeah, what do you do? Do you turn to these experienced heads in the hope that they can maintain some form um, and carry that into the World Cup and just say, right, we're going hell for leather at that one? But I guess the problem comes back to the fact that your captain and vice-captain, who are both dedicated batsmen, have both had a really poor series. Yep. And who knows? You know, we will be in England in June for a five one-day international series again. And maybe those boys will be in form and everything will be okay. It's really hard to know when you've got, as you say, without Finch in that side, you've only got two actual batsmen. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't make runs, then you're buggered. Uh, yeah, you can, do, you can have as many bowlers in there. You can only bowl 50 overs in a match. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. But look, it was only two summers ago when I distinctly remember Steve Smith deliberately playing a shot between his legs at Monica Oval in Canberra. Monica, Monica, and just looking at that, thinking, how on earth did he do that? <laughs> uh, and he was in sublime form in in the colours. So maybe that's not that far off again. Yeah. I think that's done. The, the we can shut the book on the ODI series. I think that one's done and dusted. Thank I think God we've for covered that. it. Yeah. Well done to England. You managed to win four days of cricket over the the entire <laughs> summer. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll look forward we're, we're getting to the uh, business end of the Big Bash both the men's and women's semi-finals coming up in the next couple of days bit of controversy about the the women's um, teams having to the higher ranked sides having to play a um, basically in a way in a semi. way when they deserve the home final um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays. A few of the, we've got one side, there's sixes that have all of the international <laughs> ladies <laughs> of note playing, playing for them. And, and, and they're kicking up a bit of a fuss about having to play at Adelaide and, and too bloody right. I reckon yep. given that they play the tournament separate to the men's for 80% of the season. Mm. And then all of a sudden they have to play it as a curtain raiser for the men's. Yeah, which, like, yeah. why not just put it prime time on tonight and Wednesday and then have the men's games Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Thursday a, and Friday? It's a very unusual decision when seemingly Cricket Australia have done quite a good job of promoting uh, or trying to leverage the BBL promotion for WBBL. So you look at a lot of the posters that have been up around the grounds and on social media and they're giving the a player from each side and the logos of each competition equal representation and you think they've done a really good job up to this point and then to just kind of it's i think it would be a real slap in the face if you'd have finished on top um to have to go and play an away final and also an away final and, and indeed when you're finishing second playing an away final on a Thursday and a Friday afternoon in the middle of a work day in an empty stadium as a curtain raiser for the men's game is pretty yeah. ordinary. And and we have Channel 10 have done a great job of covering it. Um, do you know, Cricket Australia, the, the WBBL is the premier women's league given its space and, and how it's represented amongst mm. the sport. And it just is a, it's a little disappointing that they've, kind of not just going to it's three games yeah like and like exactly as mike says there's 
there's nothing to compete with it on television right now. Exactly. Yeah. So if, is, I mean, there might be I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. Which is maybe higher on Channel 10's priority list, unfortunately. But chuck it on. Like, heaps of people would watch it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's exacerbated. I'm assuming that games would follow the men's teams no matter what. So it probably seems worse that the Scorchers are getting a home final because the men's Scorchers team have a home final and the same with the with the Adelaide team. Maybe if it was like Sydney Thunder versus Hobart in Perth, wouldn't matter so much. But mm. I don't know. It's still it's it's not it's not good. No. Not good. Yeah. So that one's. I think we we can all agree. Bad move. Get it right next year. Sorted out cricket Australia. And it, yeah, Jeez. you're doing a great job, but do this little bit a little bit better. Yep. So we have a game on Wednesday night. The Hurricanes versus the Strikers. Is that right? Who are the Scorchers playing? Scorchers are playing, playing the, the Hurricanes. And the Strikers are playing the Gades. Is that Wednesday? I thought it was Friday. Is it? No, it's Thursday. No, the Scorchers is Thursday. I yeah, thought the Strikers the was... Fr- the- is that Wednesday? That's Thursday. Friday. Yeah, Friday. it's Friday. Okay, it's Friday. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, we're getting there. We're good. getting there. <laughs> Oh, look, it's this just now that we've gone from having 17 Big Bash games a week to having just two to worry about, it's just really messed up. It's got so hard. Like, yeah. This is why there had to be a WBBL game on right now so that we had something to do on a Tuesday night. So, if they release the 2020 squads, do we know whether is Andrew Ty? It seemed to think that there was a possibility that Andrew Ty is coming back to the Scorchers. No, he's probably in, not. He'll he's be in the over squad. Over yeah. Over yeah. Darcy Short won't be playing for the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Marsh is back for the Scorchers. Oh, he, news. I think he will play. I think he's over his little little twinge. Little old man injury. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Scorchers effectively don't lose anyone because they lost them already to the ODI setup because Richardson and Ty are both in that squad. Um, they will get... Sean Marsh back, hopefully. Yeah, Hurricanes lose Darcy Short. Uh, Alex Carey will be keeping, so he'll be out of the finals. Uh, I'm not sure if the Gades lose anybody. Um, I don't know if Finch is in that national setup or not. I think they lose Kane Richardson. I think he plays for the Renegades. Oh, that's right, because there, there was a typo where they meant to select yeah. Jai and they yeah. chose Kane. <laughs> so, so I think Jai Richardson will be playing for the Scorchers. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. He injured, might be back. Which is great news yeah <laughs> because of that aforementioned that had to have been a typo surely <laughs> that's it doesn't make any sense yeah kane richardson's record in the bbl this season is not very pretty i can't no. can't exactly remember what it is but it's it's not great it's kind of funny too with this with the international odi coming up that you have the bbl there as the perfect form guide and Admittedly, you know, David Warner doesn't get the opportunity to show his skills in the BBL. But as controversial as this sounds, I'd say drop him from the national setup and have Aaron Finch, yeah, if he's fit, uh, have Aaron Finch captain the side. Why would you grab an international cricketer who's been playing different formats and have him captaining? Just grab the best 11 Australian players out of the BBL and that's your national side. Let me put my tinfoil hat back on. Um- <laughs> 
It's all to do with the contract <laughs> race. I've said it once and I'll say it again. There's a limited amount of money that Cricket Australia want to want to spend, so they can't just have an unlimited bunch of players to choose from. They had to spend it all flying the Sixers WBBL team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's de- there's definitely a. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Warner because he um, he's definitely risking getting dropped from those shorter forms if he doesn't make some runs soon. Alternatively, he might see it as an opportunity to put his name up for the one-day captaincy should they decide, oh, it's not really working for you, Smitty. What, give it yeah. to the, the only other guy who's done worse than Smitty <laughs> in the one-day setup? Hey, maybe the captaincy <laughs> will, will inspire him to greater heights. <laughs> maybe. I feel like we're running out of alfoil. <laughs> <laughs> so many hats. <laughs> So yeah, we've and, and an interesting series that we're we're playing a tri series with New Zealand and um, England, and half of it's in Australia and half of it's in New Zealand. Mm. Unlikely that we're going to get to watch the New Zealand games, which seems like a bit of a shame given that it's across one series. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't know how that's going to work. I assume Channel Ten doesn't. Uh, Channel Nine, sorry, doesn't have the broadcast rights. I've no idea. Yeah. That said, it's going to be on in the middle of the day. So we're not going to get to watch it anyway. But is it the middle of the day, or is it the middle of the night in New Zealand? I don't even know. It'll be earlier, won't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And particularly, I don't know where they're playing them, but unless they're playing them under lights at Eden Park or something, you know, if they're down on on a classic New Zealand university ground, <laughs> Hagley Oval or something, you know, a couple of blokes with a dolphin torch. Uh, yeah, usually it's a, a pretty you know, 10 a.m. start or a 9 a.m. start for a one-dayer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't do know. do um, either of you know whether what the breakup of the matches is between Australia and Ingr- England and New Zealand in Australia and what it is in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, so Australia play England twice in Australia and New Zealand once and then New Zealand play England twice in New Zealand and Australia once. So England get to, uh, New Zealand play the least amount of matches. No, There's, no. Hang on. What? <laughs> yeah, I must. I'm sorry. I must have got yeah. that wrong. No. There's some. There's some weird uh, way that it's split. That means yeah. That so England play the New most. New Zealand have more games in there. Yeah, mm. and England play more than everybody. Oh, I don't know. Who it knows? doesn't seem right. Um, it's international 2020. 20, it's yeah. not right. It's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, where no, does where does England, this? So it's not. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh no, yeah, play Australia four, play four New Zealand four. once yeah. in Australia, and then England twice, and then everybody plays each other t- twice. No, so every game in Australia, Australia is involved in. Yeah, yep, and every game in New Zealand, New Zealand's involved in. Yeah, yep. so you end up playing four games, two against both sides. Yep. Um, where does the international tri series twenty twenty tournament sit in the um, order of international twenty twenty prestige? <laughs> it's it's one right rung, at the top. It's one right <laughs> below district cricket. It's definitely. I mean, IPL is that's the creme de la creme. Even though you know you'll get to the IPL and. Half the Australians won't be available because they'll be on test duty in South Africa. So you'll end up with a whole bunch of genuine Indian domestic players that no one's ever heard of. But it's got to be, IPL's got to be the 
the peak, uh, at least money-wise. And I'd say, sh- and maybe it's subje- uh, a little bit subjective, but surely BBL has got to be the number two. I mean, you compare it, what else you've got? You've got the Bangladesh Super League, the Pakistan Ultra League, the Caribbean Super Premium League. <laughs> I feel like you're making something. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm just saying words. You know, the, the Hong Kong Sevens. Surprisingly, Hong Kong Sevens comes above whatever England have. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely. <laughs> that's, not even a, that's not even a 2020 tournament. So we had the IPL auction and some big numbers thrown away around for Stark and Chris Lynn. Shane Watson, interestingly, is still going for 800000 Still um, got it. Still, well, when you say surprisingly, he had a very good BBL. He did have a, big, a good big BBL. And I just remembered the England one is the NatWest T20 Blast. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Which um, probably just edges out the New Zealand one, which I think is sponsored by Burger King. <laughs> it's like the Burger King. Isn't it called like the Super Smash or something? It's the like BK it, Super Smash. Yeah. Back, back on my um, anyway. Big Bash and the Super Smash. Yeah. We had... None of the... Who did we have from the England ODI test side going in the IPL? Well, Chris Wokes got a big bid. Yep. Um, Joffre Archer, who will be playing for the England One Day international team before too long, unless we can free him from the the tyranny (laughs) of, of that nation and send him back to uh where's he from barbados or if we can just convince him to come and live in australia and play for us that'd be pretty good joe root didn't go no what happened with stokesy he got a massive massive contract so because there was a question mark over what what his availability yeah well he might not be able to go right yeah Um, interesting but interestingly ishan sharma was too expensive was priceless Priceless. didn't get didn't get picked up (laughs) um but so yeah definitely some weird i think the highest paid um player was a t an ipl specialist doesn't even appear to be in the international indian 2020 setup going for 2.2 million yeah i think he's played a couple of internationals yeah Nothing, nothing stand out, and he's not like a a young gun. I know we're not very good at judging the ages of cricketers. <laughs> maybe he's like you know the next Coley or something, but yeah, he's about twenty six, and I think he's got a good twenty twenty record. But he's not, yeah, he's not like a franchise player or anything. I can't remember his name. Certainly, seem to be less Australians going in this IPL, and for less money than. Average than the there were some big numbers thrown around for those top five that we've spoken about, but then everybody else seemed to go for 200,000, mm. 100,000. Sean Marsh, interestingly, didn't get picked up, even though he put his hand up and is was the was he the ranked the highest international T20 batsman at one stage. Yeah, I think he was the top run scorer in the competition. Yeah. Couple of seasons. Yeah, he's been BBL top run scorer, IPL top run scorer. But I wonder how that plays out with the South Africa tour. When is the BBL starts in April or is it March? Uh, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I feel like it's April, so it might clear that South Africa tour. 
but there might be a little bit of a crossover there. So that may have affected some of the Aussie test players. I feel like you also set your minimum price in the IPL as well, right? So you set a reserve price and if you don't get met, you don't get bought. So Mm -hmm. it's not to say that he didn't get any or people weren't interested. He might have just set his floor price at a million dollars to make him do it or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah probably above what you might pay someone like Sean Marsh given his injury history and mm. his workload leading up to it. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Ray? Is there anything else you want to get off your chest, mate? Uh, not really. No. No, I'm sorry, it's Dick good. on Sunday at the ground. Oh, yeah. That was good for a change. I've noticed you're wearing pants today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to risk copying a $5,000 fine. Um, so That's good of you. Yeah, just rugged up today. Yeah, that was if, good, wasn't it? Good old-fashioned streaker streak, at the yep. cricket. I'm all for it. I understand the risks to player safety and all that, but like, a bloke getting his tackle out and evading some <laughs> fat security guards is good entertainment in the middle overs of a one-day international. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, good laugh. Have a look up on the internet for the Optus Stadium streaker. Champion local football player. Ben <laughs> Jenkins. Ben Jenkins? Sounds yeah. about right. Yep. Got, got his skills out. <laughs> Hey, he yeah, can evade a tackle. Yeah. He might be banned from Cricket Australia sanctioned venues for the next three years, but uh, if anyone's... He's go- definitely going to go down in here. First, first ball, Mitchell Stark. First run, Jason Roy. First streak, Ben Jenkins. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're a country footy coach, I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'd be getting out him. there. Have a look at that footage and get your checkbook out, boys. <laughs> yeah, here he's going to need a good... He's got a shortfall to make up, so he's on the market. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Hey, we'll be back in a weekish time to, and we'll have the results of the Big Bash and probably still some more preview of the 2020s. I'm not too sure. We'll see how we go time-wise. Um, Thank you for listening. Give us a, you find us at your usual places, iTunes, your normal podcatchers, Silly Point Potty. Potty. On Twitter. Potty. Um, potty. Still don't have an Instagram, but we'll get there. Um, Still promoting Chris Gale's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's been pretty good the last yeah. couple of weeks, so get on it. Get on it. Um, <laughs> Give us a review if you listen to us. It helps us get up in the rankings. You know, everything moves slowly in the podcast world. It's much like Mike Hussey still being in the the, <laughs> the, the ICC rankings. So please give us give us a rate. If only we could beat Howie by the end of the domestic <laughs> um, season. We got a, a couple of weeks left of. Uh, the international season in Australia, but then there's a, there's a bit of a long tail there with the domestic season. If we could get on top of Howie by the Sheffield Shield final, we'd be pretty good. <laughs> I feel like he's definitely rubbing off on us, given that we're all wearing tan pants and <laughs> and, and sky blue shirts. So, um, thanks very much for listening. Have a good BBL semi final final round and we'll see you next week boy boy see ya go scorchers